0: There once was a young boy who was constantly having problems in the public school. He didn't take his studies seriously and behaved badly in the classroom. He was always finding new ways to get into trouble. Ultimately, his misdeeds led to expulsion from public school. The boy's parents were eager to find some way to get him to shape up and turn his life around. They had raised the boy in a non-religious household, so he had no spiritual upbringing or familiarity with Jesus Christ. But since the parents were desperate, they enrolled their son in a Christian school about which they'd heard good reviews. They'd hoped that this new school setting would change the trajectory of their son's bad behavior. Remarkably, their hopes were realized. After several weeks of attending the Christian school, they noticed a dramatic change in the boy's attitude and actions. His academic performance improved. His grades were significantly higher. The teachers reported that he was respectful to them and well-behaved among the other children. The boy's parents were delighted at these positive reports from the new school. So they asked their son, what made the difference? Why had he changed this behavior at school dramatically? The young boy gave an unexpected reply. He said, when I walked in that school building, the first thing I noticed hanging on the wall was a figure of a man nailed to a cross, When I saw that, I knew the teachers at this school meant business. (laughs) Yeah, that's an old joke. You know, most of you have heard it before. It's pretty much my story up to the part about the cross on the wall. My parents enrolled me in a parochial school run by the Nazarene Church, and I don't remember seeing a cross anywhere. At any rate, even though the boy in the joke didn't understand who was on the cross, or even the meaning of Christ's death on the cross, one thing he did get right, the cross meant business. God did mean business when his son Jesus died by crucifixion. Indeed, the severity of the cross demonstrates just how serious God was in carrying out the business he had come to earth for. Why did Jesus suffer such a terrible death? Why would God put himself through such a painful and shameful experience as a public execution. It's all because of God's mercy to us. In the cross, God meant business, and that business is His mercy. The Bible makes clear that Jesus died on the cross as a sacrifice for sin, your sin and mine. There's something about sacrifice that's made it high profile in most religions, Many of the religions of the world have some kind of blood sacrifice embedded into their ritual. This emphasis on sacrifice shows that humanity knows deep down that it's somehow in debt to God or the gods. And most people have recognized throughout history that the payment of that debt must be in blood, usually meaning a person's life, not just a pint of blood or something. The Christian faith, however, offers a unique answer to the question of who sacrifices and what they sacrifice. While other religions demand that humans sacrifice their blood to God to please Him and make Him hold back His wrath, the Bible says God did the sacrificing of Himself on our behalf. This is Christ's substitutionary sacrifice for sin. That's a tongue-twisting word we don't use in our everyday speaking substitutionary. I can barely get that out myself. But it describes Jesus' attitude towards you and me. He paid the debt of our sin with his own life. It was substitutionary because it was our sin he was paying for as he agonized on the cross. Paul writes, For our sake God made Jesus to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus had no sins of his own, yet he was filled with our sins as he hung there. He suffered for those sins and suffered death on the cross. It is in view of God's mercy that we gaze upon the cross to see our substitutionary sacrifice. Christ is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. God means business by offering himself as the perfect atoning sacrifice for our sin. The result of all this is our sin is removed from us. We still sin, but we are freed from its curse and condemnation. Obviously, this doesn't mean we're free to be horrible, rotten people without consequence. Remember what Jesus said to the man he healed. Stop sinning or something worse will happen to you. He told the woman who was caught in adultery, Stop your sinning. Jesus didn't suffer and die for you and me to keep on sinning. The result of God's mercy toward us is that we amend our lives in gratitude for what He's done for us. God forgave all our wrongdoings, all our offenses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This He set aside, nailing it to the cross. Every sin that we have ever committed was fastened to the cross of Christ. Every immoral act and thought wiped clean, forgiven. Jesus took all the curse of God's law upon himself and paid the debt fully. Paul says again, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. See more of that substitutionary nature of Christ. That's critical for us to recognize, in fact, it's a core truth of the Christian faith. You don't accept that Christ stepped in and substituted himself as the payment of death for your sin, then you are not a follower of Christ and he is not your teacher and Lord. On the cross, Jesus experienced the searing, fiery pain of God's wrath against sin. He accepted His heavenly Father's judgment against sin in the stead of sinners. He tasted death for everyone, even those who will never know Him or believe in Him, and face judgment on the last day. For us, though, we are delivered from God's judgment because His judgment has been spent at the cross where His Son died. There is now no judgment, no condemnation for you who are in Christ Jesus. That's why this is a Good Friday. You know the pioneers who settled in this valley, this land of milk and honey. They wreaked a lot of havoc on their way out here from the east. They were careless with their campfires at night, and even the ones that tried to be careful couldn't keep burning embers from flying off and setting fires out in the open desert and and uh, the plains. The fires would burn uncontrolled for weeks, even months, devouring everything in their path, including the pioneers who couldn't escape fast enough because the fires would spread so rapidly in all directions. Entire chunks of eastern Oregon, southern Idaho, Colorado, Kansas were completely burned. Native Americans were forced to leave their territories and the animals they hunted were forced into areas they wouldn't normally migrate to. These fires are a mostly forgotten environmental disaster lost in the folklore of the American West. But as the pioneers continued to move out here, unabated, they they figured out how to increase their chances of survival if one of these fires broke out. They learned to space groups of wagons further apart from each other on the trail. If one of the groups started a fire, another group further away would see the smoke in the distance and start a secondary fire on a nearby field. This fire would burn the grass near them until it was spent. A large patch of ground was now scorched and black. The pioneer families could, would move into the middle of the burned-out area as a place of safety. When the fire from the other camp came nearby, it moved around them, not coming close enough to harm them. It was all still a disaster, but my point of telling this story is the coming fire couldn't burn the place that had already been burned. The fire could not touch those who stood in the already scorched earth. As a believer in Christ, you are rescued from the coming fire of God's wrath against sin by going to the place where that fire had already burned. You go to the cross of Jesus Christ and you stand in His mercy. On the cross, your sin was punished by the fires of hell. That's good news. That God will never punish you a second time for the sin that was paid for by Christ once and for all on the cross, it is done. From the cross of Christ comes the word from God himself. It is finished. You and I are rescued from the fire of judgment because of Christ, our merciful Savior. At the cross... God meant business, the wondrous business of mercy. May it be yours forevermore. Amen.